Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. I don't know why, but, but pre-COVID, and it, it's starting to come back now, I would love to go to BJ's Club on Coral Way. You, you know what I'm talking about? BJ's Wholesale Club. It's like Costco or Sam's Club, right? But there, there's one on, on Coral Way. And, and, and to me, when I go there, and this sounds weird as I'm saying it out loud, but, but BJ's, when I'm walking around BJ's, it feels like Santa's workshop a few weeks before Christmas. And I'm walking around and I'm looking and it's like, wow, look at all the stuff. Look at all the cool stuff. You know what happens to me when I'm walking around there? I think you do because it happens to you too. I'm looking around at all the stuff and I start thinking to myself, I want one of those. I need one of those. I didn't realize I needed that until this moment. How have I lived without this all of these years? Does this happen to you? See, and you already know this. There are tons of people telling you and telling me what will make you happy. There's advertisers, there's digital media, magazines, sponsored ads, market, market researchers, all the people that put all of that stuff in BJ's. In fact, it's over a 600 billion, with a B, billion dollar industry. And they whisper in your ear and they whisper in my ear, you need this product. You need to drive this car. You need to look this way. You need to live here. And you know what is really sad, and I hate to admit this, is I've fallen for it. I still fall for it. Right? You, you've been in BJ's or you've been at a car dealership or you watched some commercial or saw some ad on YouTube or you were in a clothing store or you were in Ikea. That, careful there, that place will kill you. And, and, and said, look at that. I need that. That will make me happy. You've, you've done this? Yes, I have. You have. The truth is, all of us have. In fact, have you ever said something like this? I thought I knew what would make me happy. And here's the takeaway, okay? In fact, if you don't hear anything else that I say today, if you, just, if you fall asleep or miss something, this right here, this is important right here. I thought I knew what would make me happy, which means you should not believe everything that you think. Do not believe everything that you think because you have made decisions based on, I thought this would make me happy, and you were absolutely wrong. Now, flipping gears just a bit. 
you've probably heard someone say, some pastor or priest or preacher type like me, you've probably heard them say something like this, money won't make you happy. Money will not make you happy. And when I hear that or when I've heard that, my initial response or my gut reaction, my inner skeptic kicks in and I'm like, yeah, right. I don't believe that. I don't believe money won't make you happy. I don't believe that. And in fact, you don't believe that. I, I don't care how many times you hear it. Money won't make you happy. Money won't make you happy. You always think, yeah, right. Well, well let's, let's just give it a try. I mean, hey, listen, this is an actual test I would like to take. Where, where do I go to sign up? to find out if money will make me happy. I mean, go ahead and give me a ton of it, and then I will let you know how it goes, because I think money would make me happy. So let's just get clear right up front here. This is not a money won't make you happy message. In fact, I believe there is actually a connection between happiness and money. And the conclusion today at the end of this is not money won't make you happy because I don't believe that. There is a connection, a correlation between happiness and money. But, but pay attention. Here is where I believe we mess up. Here is where we get this wrong. Now, even if you're not a church person or, or you're not a Jesus person, maybe you're new to Miami Church, I mean, even if you're listening to this, watching this under duress, your wife or your girlfriend made you listen, this is extremely helpful, and this is extremely insightful. When it comes to the idea of money and happiness, we assume that the connection between money and happiness is this word, more. As if I, if I had more money, I would be more happy. Now, go with me on my English here for a second. Like, like, in fact, let me ask you a, a couple of questions. And, and you don't have to answer out loud. Don't elbow or poke the person next to you. This is a, a mental exercise. Here, here's the question I want you to How much more money would make you more happy? Let me, let me just think about it for a second. How much more? I mean, what's the number? How much more money would it take to make you happy? In other words, if more money means more happy, how much more money? Now, I actually know the answer to this question for every single person that's listening to my voice. Those of you who don't have much, those of you who kind of have middle, and those of you who have a lot, the answer to this question is the same for all of us. And the answer is this, more than you currently have. Now, th this is important because if you're in your 20s or your 30s, you don't believe this. And if you're in your 40s and 50s, you wish you had believed this when you were in your 20s and 30s. No matter how much money you have, and no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you drive, no matter what you wear, no matter where you live, for the rest of your life, you will always answer this question the same way. How much more money do I need in order to be happy more than I currently have? More than I currently have. Now, there is a, a corollary. There is a connection between 
money and happiness and your money and your happiness, but it's not more. Because you know people that have a lot more money than you and they're not happy. And you actually know people that have more money than those people and they're still not happy. And you know people that have less money and they are happy. So there is a connection, there is a correlation between money and happiness, but it's not more. It's actually another M word. It's manage. Manage. See, it's not how much you have, but how you manage what you have that determines whether or not you're going to be happy when it comes to money. Don't miss, this is so, this is so key. This is a key idea. It's not how much you have, but how you manage what you have that determines whether or not you're going to be happy when it comes to money. It's not the amount of, it's the management of. In other words, Money can contribute to your happiness if you manage it well. Now, this is huge. This is important. You, you, you can get this. Money can contribute to your happiness if you manage it well. Now, I believe the genius of Jesus is on display when it comes to this topic. In fact, Jesus says something. It's so staggering that if it's true, you should actually hit the reset button when it comes to your money. Jesus actually says, if you don't get in control of your finances, if you don't learn how to manage, there's our word, if you don't learn how to manage your money well, your money will actually manage you. And if your money and your finances are managing you, you do not have peace. And the reason you don't have peace is because you feel out of control. And in any area of your life where you feel out of control, you feel anxiety. And when you feel anxiety and stress, it's hard to be happy. In fact, look what Jesus said. Luke chapter 16, verse 13. He says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. At which point I go, whoa, whoa, whoa Jesus, that's so extreme. I mean, that just seems extreme. I mean, is, is there any middle ground? I mean, we're talking hate versus love. We're talking devoted to versus despise. Jesus, these are extreme Words And he says, either you will hate the one and love the other, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And if you look closely at what he says, I mean, here, here's the surprise. In fact, if I were to say to you, what is the opposite of God? I mean, what is the opposite of God? Right? You're going to think things like, well, evil or hate or maybe sin, like a Bible word or Satan or the devil. You don't think money, do you? I mean, nobody thinks that. And as Jesus is telling this story, this is where everyone who's listening to Jesus tell this. You, you can just see them leaning in, and, and he says this, and you got to see them. They all look up and they go, what? Jesus says you can only serve one of two masters. He says you're either going to serve God or you're going to serve money. You're going to serve God or money. Now, in the original language with which this was written, there, there's actually a better way to translate the word money. In fact, if you go to some of the older translations of the Bible, you may see a word called mammon. And you're like, mammon? What, what's a mammon? It, it, basically, it's a word that means stuff. 
It includes money, but it's really a broader definition than money. It's stuff. It's stuff that you have. It's stuff that you want. It's stuff you want to buy. It's, uh, it's the money you, you have to buy the stuff you haven't purchased. It's all your stuff. And Jesus says, you, you have to serve one of two masters. You will either serve God or you will serve your stuff. And Jesus is saying, God wants you. God actually wants you. He wants your devotion. He wants your heart. And the chief competitor, the number one competitor for you, the chief competitor for your devotion, for your heart, for you, is your stuff. Your desire for stuff. Your desire for money so you can have more stuff. Money or, or stuff is the chief competitor for your heart and for my heart. Now, I think it's easy for us to pass over or dismiss this because of the big language, because of the hyperbole that Jesus uses. And it's easy to say, well, well okay, Jesus, I, I think I get it, but, but honestly, I, I don't serve my stuff. My stuff is not my master. I don't love money. At which point Jesus says, hold on a second. I want you to look carefully at what I said. Don't, don't miss this. Jesus is saying, hey, pay attention. And, it, and I believe if you listen to the richness and the depth and the power of what Jesus is saying, it's so powerful because, because you say and, and I say, I don't love stuff. I don't love money. Money is not my master. And I believe Jesus looks at you and me and says, oh, you may have read that too quickly. Look what he says. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other. And you're like, oh, I don't love stuff. And he says, hey, and keep going because I'm going to define exactly what it means to love. And then he says, or you be devoted to one and despise the other. You'll be devoted to. So Jesus, what do you mean by love stuff, love money? And Jesus replies to you and he, me and he says, I mean to be devoted to. Well, what's devoted to? Devoted to means a real strong attachment. Because to be devoted to means there's a quest for. To be devoted to means that I've got my eye on it. To be devoted to means it becomes a filter, a primary decision-making filter, that when I begin to make decisions, I look through the filter of what I'm most devoted to when I make a decision. And Jesus says, you may not like the word love, but let's be honest. You're pretty devoted to your stuff, aren't you? And you're pretty devoted to your desire for stuff. So let me kind of pry a little bit. Can I, can I ask you a, a pesky question? Has your de desire for, or should we say devotion to, to use Jesus' word, has your desire for or devotion to something ever caused you to do something? And you look at me and go, well, that's a dumb question. The answer is yes for all of us. Has your desire for something and I picture myself walking around BJ's Club. Oh, I want that. I need that. That will make me happy. And what happens, right? I act. I behave on that thought. So the question is, has your de desire for something ever caused you to do something dumb? And the answer for all of us is yes. Yes. 
We have all done impulsive buys, right? Buy now. And you bought stuff you didn't need, and you're in debt over things you don't even have anymore. You bought stuff, and you're like, why did I do that? And we've all done that. And I just want you to think about this dynamic, because inside of you and inside of me is a desire And your common sense, right? Your logic says, I shouldn't already have one, already have a pair of those, already have a car, I sold that old boat. We've already upgraded. I have a phone, it's perfectly good. And all of a sudden, you find there's a desire in you for something, and you act on that desire, and later on, you look back and you go, that was so dumb. Now, let me ask you, maybe in a little bit of a different way. Has your desire for something ever caused you to do something you regret? Yes? I mean, what is that? That, That's a desire for, which in Jesus' words, equates to a devotion to. And here's the thing. Your your devotion to your desire for stuff or, or your devotion to your desire for getting what you want or your devotion to your desire to spend in order to satisfy some appetite that's never, ever satisfied. Your devotion for, your desire for, in those moments, mastered you. You were not the boss. And now you've got a crazy lease payment you wish you didn't have. And now you've got a boat sitting in a driveway or in storage somewhere. And it's like, we've used it four times and then we got busy. Why did I buy that crazy thing? Why didn't we stay in that smaller house? We don't even need all of this space. Why is my closet so full? Why do I have to keep giving stuff away so I can put more stuff in? Why do I stand in front of a full closet and think to myself, I have nothing to wear? See, Jesus is smarter than you think. In fact, he's a genius. And Jesus knew. The chief competitor for your life, the chief competitor for my life, the chief competitor for the throne of your life is your desire to acquire. It's your desire for stuff. It's my desire for stuff. And it has the power to enslave you, to be your master. And when you are enslaved, you are not happy no matter how much money you make. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one, And love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And this is why we said at the beginning, money can contribute to your happiness. What if you manage it well? It comes down to who's in control. It's who's the boss, who's the hefte. And Jesus says, you can only have one. You can only serve one master. It can only be one boss. There can only be one person in control, just one. Here's the good news. Jesus actually offers us an alternative. He says no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve God in your stuff. But there is a way to submit, to give, to surrender your financial life and your financial world and your stuff to God and to come to a place, God, I don't want my stuff, I don't want my money to manage me. I don't don't want to be enslaved to my stuff. Help me, teach me how to manage my money well. In fact, if you you take everything that Jesus taught, I mean, if if you look through and you take everything that God's word says about money and stuff, and you simplify, you condense it down to two words, here are what I believe to be the two words. The first word is generosity. The second word is 
wisdom. Generosity and wisdom. In fact, if you were to have coffee with someone that you would consider happy, maybe you would say, hey, this is the happiest person that I know. If you were to have coffee with them and you were to talk to them about money and possessions and stuff, you know what you're going to discover? You're going to discover that they're generous and that they are wise. Generosity and wisdom. They are generous and wise with their money, with their stuff, and they are happy. You know, some of the best advice I ever received or ever was given on this topic. In fact, I believe if you put this into practice, if you live this, it will change your life. It is a game changer. Here was the simple advice I received. Greg, every time you get paid, every time you receive money, here's what you do. Do this in this order. And the order matters. Do this in this order. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. Every time, every single time, every time you earn, every time you get money, every time you are paid, you you say to your money, money, you are not my master and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to give some of you away. See that money? Take that. And you give first, you save second, and you live on the rest. Now, I feel very blessed that I was taught this at at an early age as a young kid, this Jesus principle of give, save, live generosity, wisdom, give, be generous. God says, I love a cheerful giver. And and you say, money, I just want to let you know, Jesus is my boss and I'm your boss. And Jesus says, give. So just to prove to you that you're not in charge, I'm going to give some of you away. And at the heart of Jesus, at the core of his message is this idea of generosity, of giving, of self-sacrifice. Jesus' whole life was about self-sacrifice. Give. Well, well, Greg, Greg, we barely get by. Give. Well, well, Greg, when I get a raise or when this changes or when this happens or we'll get a different job, that, no, 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 no. Give now because I believe when you are generous, when you give, you discover the blessing of giving. Giving leads to joy. The happiest people I know are generous people. Give. Save. Money in the bank leads to peace of mind. Saving results in peace. And I'll know Happy people are at peace. Now, there's a ton I could say here, and I can't cover everything in this brief message, but we have an amazing class called FPU, Financial Peace University. We're launching this this fall, and it has been life-changing for people in our church. And the first thing is, hey, stay out of debt. Stay out of debt. You don't need it. Debt enslaves you, and it becomes your master. Stay out of debt. The second part is, well, if you are in debt, you already have debt, come up with a plan to pay off your debt. And again, if you need help, there's this amazing resource called Financial Peace University. You can see it. Get connected at MiamiChurch.com. And then the third piece of save is, is I'm a big proponent of an emergency fund. Well, what is that? It's four, five, six months worth of expenses saved in a fund put away somewhere that you can't easily get to, you can't touch it, it's compounding, it's building interest, because you never know when you're going to need it for an emergency, an emergency fund. Give, save, live. And when you choose to live on the rest, you're financially free. You you choose not to spend more than you make, and you're free and you experience peace. And people who are at peace are happy. Right? And you can drive around and say, well, 
you know what? I can buy one of those, but I'm not going to. Or I can lease one of those, but I'm not going to. I can actually borrow enough money to live in one of those, but I'm not going to. I could, I could, I could, but I'm not going to because I would rather be free. I would rather have peace. I would rather have joy than that house or that car or, or any new thing. And Jesus is inviting you and he's inviting me into this. And more, more money won't bring this. It's not about more. It's the way that you manage your money. It's not more, it's manage. Not more, but manage. Do you, do you want this kind of peace? Do you want this kind of freedom? Do you, do you want to feel this happy? Do you, do you want to be at peace with you and with others and with God? Yes, I do. And you do, then follow the genius and the wisdom of Jesus. It's not how much you have, but how you manage what you have that determines whether or not you're going to be happy when it comes to money. Yes, money can contribute to your happiness, but only if you manage it well. Generosity, wisdom. Generosity, wisdom. Give, save, Live, friends, I'm so convinced that if you put this into practice, it will literally change your life and you will experience freedom and wholeness and abundance and wealth like never, never before. Give, save, live. It's not more, it's managed. It's not about making more money. It's about managing the money that you have and using it well. God, I believe that everything we have is a gift from you. And God, you have been generous. You have blessed us. You have been generous with us to, to, to create a way for us to be in a right relationship with you, God. And then you have been abundantly generous, given us opportunities, given us blessings. We have things. We have cars and apartments and houses and, and, and families and clothing. God, we have, we have so much. God, we, we are living in abundance. And God, I pray that we will manage, that we will steward what you have given us, God. That we will steward it for you for your church, for your kingdom, for your name. God, thank you. May we, may we steward every dollar. May we steward every single dollar for you. So God, thank you for your generosity. God, may we in turn follow your, your teachings and invest what you have given us, God. May we do it well. And I pray this now in the name and the power of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at mommychurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.